0: Hi, I'm Pastor Nathan from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota, and in this installment of Walking Our Way Through the Bible, we come to Genesis chapter 6. Now, Genesis chapter 6 takes place right after after this huge list of genealogies, and we come to a guy named Noah and his lifetime. And in verses 1 through 8, it describes what's going on in the world at that time. So let's read that. When mankind began to multiply in the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of mankind were beautiful, and they took any they chose as wives for themselves. And the Lord said, My spirit will not remain with mankind forever, because they are corrupt. Their days will be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth both in those days and afterward, when the sons of God came to the daughters of mankind, who bore children to them. They were the powerful men of old, the famous men. When the Lord saw that human wickedness was widespread on the earth and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time, the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and he was deeply grieved. Then the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I created off the face of the earth, together with the animals, creatures that crawl and birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. Noah, however, found favor with the Lord. So in these verses Noah is put in contrast to the rest of humanity. Now, when it says that all human mind and all human action was inclined towards evil, that's clearly hyperbole, right? Because it talks about Noah finding favor with God. So it's not meaning all humankind, but the majority of humankind, to the extent that that God was deeply grieved, that he regretted creating mankind, and that he desired to wipe all creation off the face of the earth, or the majority of creation off the face of the earth. Now, one of the confusing things when we read, especially Old Testament passages, is the use of hyperbole, because there's a lot of hyperbole just in this one passage. We're just talking about how widespread human wickedness was. Now, if we were just to isolate one of these verses, you could look at it and say, oh, there was no good at all on the earth. There was no one righteous. There was no one who found favor with God. But then we clearly see in verse 8 that Noah, however, found favor with the Lord. Another confusing passage, por- portion of Genesis and other narratives in the Old Testament is the personification of God. So an example of this is when it talks about the finger of God or the hand of God. Now, we don't really think that it's talking about a literal finger or a little hand, literal hand. But another example would be when it talks about the emotions that God feels. So in verse 6, it says, The Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and he was deeply grieved. If we're reading this in isolation, apart from the other accounts of God that we know in the Bible and the other attributes of God spoken about in the Bible, we almost get this picture that God was surprised that humankind fell into wickedness. That he saw it and he was like, oh, I made a mistake, you know, I'm really bummed out about it, so I guess we're just going to restart. But We have to remember that the Bible is God's revelation to humans in human language. So when it's talking about God regretting that he made man on earth, when it's talking about him deeply grieved, it's trying to explain an emotion or experience that the Lord has in human terms. We know from other passages of the Bible that the Lord does not change, that he's all-powerful, that he's all-knowing. And so it wouldn't make sense that the Lord would be surprised that wickedness had spread on the earth. When it talks about him regretting that he created mankind, and him deeply being grieved. It's more an expression of his sympathy with the experience of humanity and his sorrow at seeing how widespread wickedness has come to the earth than it is a comment on him somehow not realizing or not knowing that this could and would happen. Now the rest of Genesis chapter 6 will go on where God informs Noah about his plan to send a flood on the earth to destroy the majority of things on the earth and kind of give it a restart or a reboot. And verses 14 through almost all the way to the end of the chapter, he gives him instruction on how he should make everything, the animals and the different supplies that he should bring, the people that he should bring. And it says in verse 22 that Noah did this. He did everything that God had commanded. And so chapter 6, there's a lot of amazing things to highlight in chapter 6 about who God is and specifically about uh, how the Old Testament talks about God and talks about his experience and relation with humanity. But it's also part of a much bigger story, the story of Noah and the flood uh, in Genesis. And so if you'd like to hear more about what happens after Noah has followed God's command and he's built the ark, uh, just listen for, for the next installment on Genesis chapter 7. I hope that this, this has blessed you, that it's given you a little bit of clarity as you read Genesis chapter 6 and the rest of the Bible, and I pray that in all things God's name would be glorified and his will would be done. Thank you.